And we're live with Paranormal Dang it. Dash. Okay, you want to do it? You do it this time. Okay. Do it. And we're live with Paranormal Dash Spirits. Sorry. I sucked. You want to try it again? Yeah. yeah you yeah, haven't had yeah, a lot of practice. Yeah, Go ahead and do it okay. again. And we're live with Paranormal Dash Spirits, where we like to get our booze on with our... And talk about the booze. What our favorite <laughs> booze? Do reason, I know? <laughs> this is the reason there's a second string. <laughs> Do I even know my own slogan? Apparently okay, not. Okay, how about I'm you gonna start, let you do let, it. I'm gonna let you, you do it. No, no, no. With, you start off with, and we're live. And that's all. Yeah, and then I'll take it from there. Are you gonna snap? Huh? I gonna, can. Okay, snap. That was. And we're live. With Paranormal Dash Spirits, the place we come to get our booze on, talk about the booze, the things that go bump in the night, and I get to do that with all my booze. I'm Mike Black. This is my wife, Alyssa Black. Hello. My best friend, John Burkett. Hello. Happy birthday, John. Thank you. It's John's birthday. Well, Happy birthday. Yeah. Yesterday was John's birthday. Yesterday. Yeah, well, yeah, yesterday. I'm sorry. And by the time... Since we record way early, by the time they actually see this, it'll be way past your it'll birthday. Be You'll be like a year older then. It's August 1st, if anyone <laughs> wants to sing guests for next year. <clears throat> okay. And tonight we're bringing you a story about this... Uh, Sorry, my earring is sticking me in the back of the, are you right the neck. I got oh, it, okay. I got it. Is it me or is it darker in here than usual? It is, because I think he usually leaves that light back there on. I do. You want to do it again? It is kind of darker. It's going to be really dark. Okay. I'll go turn it on. Okay. You go turn it on. Well, we can just keep it rolling. Y'all keep going. No. We'll start over. So tonight, we've got a a story for you about this mountain up in Northern California called Mount Shasta. And this thing has everything. It's got like Bigfoot. It has aliens. It has alien abductions. Make sure you hear that, YouTube. Alien abduction. There we go. Uh, yeah, right. Wikipedia citation. <laughs> yep, there we go. Get another one. Uh, alien abduction. It has disappearances. People just vanish into nowhere. But before we do that, we're going to talk about all the other places you can see us besides this podcast. So if you're listening to us on a podcast right now, you can go to YouTube. And on YouTube, we are 3 b Paranormal spirits. Three B. There's paranormal so many spirits. now. I, can't I know. Hard for me. Three B. Paranormal spirits on YouTube, and that way you can see what we look like and how goofy we act and the funny faces that we make at each other while we're doing the podcast. Uh, we also have a Facebook group. You can go to Booze with Benefits for our Facebook group. Join up, and you'll get to hear about all the podcasts before they come out. Um, you can go to and check us out on Instagram. Now, on Instagram, we're paranormal-spirits, but it's paranormal underscore, spelled out, D-A-S-H underscore spirits. It's the same for TikTok. It's the same for Twitter. And then we have a website. You can go to our website, and that's paranormal-spirits.com. And the dash is not spelled out there. It's just a, the dash, the minus sign. And once you get there, you can get to all the other places like YouTube and Facebook and Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, the, all the, the stuff. All the things. 
also we got this cool swag site that you can go to and you can pick up your dad cap or you can get your uh your coffee mug your we guess we can put that up beanie your trucker cap your racerback tee and these come in like a bazillion different colors that you can get so you can pick whatever color you want the uh also a bunch of funny funny t-shirts on there like uh get the sage and doctor says i got gargles can i get them burned john off? said the p word john said the p word <laughs> it's, it's pazuzu yeah there and there he goes again oh, he said it again saying it again you know, get a, a sage house again. pregnant women in bishop battle it's not it wasn't a bad thing and yeah well in the exorcist it was a bad thing <laughs> <laughs> but anyway that's all the places you can go and see us now as a tradition and because this show is about spirits and before we start every show, we start off the the show with a drink of the night. And tonight is a very special night because it's day after John's birthday. Mm-hmm. So we have a very special drink tonight. So, John, take it away. Tell us about what we're drinking. We have Tamdu Batch Strength. This is the seventh edition batch strength of Tamdu uh, Space Side Single Malt Scotch Whiskey. Okay, so what exactly is batch batch strength it's kind of like barrel strength in uh okay in bourbon so which it is is a higher proof okay it is bottled at a much higher proof than normal so that's a nice way of saying that we will be imbibed by the end of the show I, i'm not gonna you probably saw it since you bought the bottle present but what the strength is but i did not look i just Alyssa said, I don't think that you Alyssa said, John wants this. And I'm like, well, my God, if John wants it, John gets it. So <laughs> I'm a gifter. Yeah. Alyssa said, you wanted it. So we got it. The end. I, I, this is the same juice as the as the 12 year, but there's uh-huh. a select barrels they've pulled this from and bottled it at barrel strength. And what is, no, what is barrel strength, though? I don't know. I've never well, read when about it. When whiskey strength. comes out of the barrel, it's a much higher proof than. Oh, okay. They Before water, they watered they it down. Watered it down. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, makes sense. Usually, scotch is bottled in the low to mid eighties, mm-hmm. proof wise, or the low forty percent ABVs. You know, okay, somewhere eighty three to eighty six proof. You know, as we found out with Brooklotic Classic Laddie, though, that can go a little bit higher. Than that. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, is that the is that the episode when we drank Classic Laddie that Alyssa? She was wasted. She was wasted, but and that was that one was only. We're just going to call you out. You were wasted. I, I was. <laughs> that one was only. I, I mean, wasted kind of no wasted kind of because I really okay, was wasted completely is a strong word. I knew everything going on. You did. I was walking completely straight. You were. However, your tongue. The longer it continued to be absorbed in my bloodstream, <laughs> as in, like when I went to bed. Then I was swimming. Yeah, I, I noticed your that your tongue didn't work as well as your feet did, though. Nope, 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 <laughs> did not. So, this, I'm picking on Alyssa. Mm. This one's stronger than that. Um, Great. Oh, my God. <laughs> wonderful. It's a 57.5%. Yeah, it's 115 proof. A what? A what? No, that's, that's why the cost is the way that it is. Oh, oh man, look, I've had bourbons that were 130. Really? 20, 130, yeah. They taste like well, lighter I mean, fluid? I've drank Everclear before, and I've drank Moonshine, but... You know, you can't get Everclear that high proof anymore. 
Oh, really? You can't get what? Everclear that I approve. I've had 151. Well, they don't make Bacardi 151 anymore, but uh, you could still buy, uh, I think it's Pussers, and uh, Black Seal makes 151 proof rum. Huh. Mm. Right. So this is batch strength 007, 57.5%. So it should be. All the flavors that you're from your regular Tam do but amped up. Full body. Because of the... Because uh, they didn't water it down. Because it's not. Yeah, I mean, it's still probably watered down. probably comes out of the barrel 150. But if you ever go take a distillery tour, they'll pull some with that little glass. They pull it out of the barrel mm-hmm. for you. And yeah, you can tell right, that it's higher. Put it right in a Glen Cairn. The aroma's a little different. It's a little more... Now, is uh, this going to be <clears throat> peaty? Candy. like No, this is... No, no, no peat. This. So, this is a... This is a sherry matured, matured in Oloroso sherry cask from the bodegas of Jerez, Spain. And uh, there's no peat in this at all. A little. We can read what it tastes like yeah. after we taste it. Okay. So I got almost a chocolatey kind of thing off that nose, but. It's a little dried fruit apricot or something like that. It's not that hot, though. It doesn't, it doesn't drink hot at all. Well, at all. I don't know about at all. You're well, I mean, not hot all. and my little, not hot are two different not hots. There's I mean, a little burn to it, but it's not bad. Yeah, if you just drink Bartles and James or something, that might be a bit of a kick in the teeth. Right. <laughs> right. If you're not used to drinking liquor... Then no, this would. But it doesn't taste any hotter than that than the '86 proof stuff. No, it does make you a little warm inside though. It's a little Scottish hug. Well, it is. <laughs> That's what that hug is. Hug in a mug, hug in a glass. I do. All right, so taste it again, and I'll tell you what it says. With this full-bodied liquid, you'll discover a chorus of berries, roasted nuts, caramels. Citrus and spice. Well, now, oh, it breaks it down even more on the side of the mm. nose. Cinnamon oak, then a praline. That's what I, I got that. The praline? Praline and vanilla sponge. Spong. I didn't get that, but I got <laughs> the praline. I got the, the initial whiff was, that's what that was. I was trying to place in my head that kind of like. chocolate. That's, that's really fruity to me. On the palate. Raspberry pavlova. Now, I have no fucking clue what a pavlova is. I think that's a dog that rings a bell when no, he that's wants. Pavlov. It's like a that's um, like a, a tennis player, isn't it? Maria Pavlova. Sure, yeah. Sure. I believe it's a pastry. It sure is. It's a Swiss meringue. Excuse Ooh, me. Okay, I get that a little bit. Water brings apricot, lemon, and a fresh wave of oak. Now, I'm not putting water in that. That's... Oh, I could do that. But uh, I, we put water in it yeah, one time. We put we put a couple of drops in that Lagavulin just to see what it was like. That's more than a couple of drops. That's Listen, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. You just made it eighty proof. <laughs> uh, That's no problem. The finish, oak spice, gives ways to give <laughs> gives way to baked figs and freshly peeled clementine, which I assume they're talking about oranges. Yeah. 
No color added. So this stuff, the scarce wood, bears two great gifts, color and taste. The deep copper hue of Tamdu bat strength is developed by the cask and nothing more. And each drop owes its rich, complex taste to its Oloroso cask home. Finally, bat strength is bottled unchiltered at high strength. A magnificent Bayside single malt for the sherry wood connoisseur. I think that for me... I tell you, that, that praline now I can't get out of my head on the nose. Now that I've read that word, I'm like, yes, it's exactly what it smells like. And for me, the I don't see a lot of difference. Taste. Taste-wise, between this and the... Original. The other Tamdu that we tried. Was the 80 proof we tried? The 12 I think it's like 86. 86. I Is that the 12 a, year? Mm-hmm. Tamdu 12. Yeah, I don't, it's 83 or 86, somewhere around there. I don't there. see a big difference there. I will say that it's a little the, rounder to me, like a little. It's I will say that the for yeah. your savant yeah. self that the that this one has a a longer finish. It stays with you longer. I agree. You know, it's like my mouth's a little numb. Well, <laughs> I wouldn't just say that, but you know, when you when you drink Tamdu and it's like, oh, that's really good, and you're like, hmm, I'm tasting all these different flavors. But with this one, it, it hangs in there just a little bit longer. You know what that would pair real well with? That peach pie. Mm-hmm. That's mm. a peach pie. Props to HelloFresh. So I will tell you the price point on this is between 110 and $115. Or 87 pounds, as it says here on their website. It's $110. It's, and it's worth every penny, I <clears throat> That's think. That's good. Yep. That is really good. So, And how much was the just the regular time do? The regular Tam seventy one seventy one is what I paid for. It. Yeah, down yeah. here was seventy one. It's uh, so according to this, it's seventy. So yeah. Okay, so I would say if it were me, you're gonna pay twice the price for that. It's not quite twice. Well, Seven, I could just seventy and seventy. Oh, it's one hundred and forty. My bad. <laughs> okay, you said one hundred and fifteen. About one hundred and fifteen is about one hundred and ten. I think is what we paid. Okay. So between he, know, he knows this, by the way, uh, we yeah, were I, looking at them yeah, ahead of time. We were all at the like, yes, we were at like, the liquor look store. Look how much better the price is here than it is in Tyler. <laughs> right. So oh, I would Columbia say that, that I would I would get the regular Tamdu for the difference in flavor profile. I don't think there's enough that I would just say. I mean, yeah, there is a little bit more, and I guess if you're an absolute complete connoisseur. Or yeah. if you want the extra pizzazz of the ABV. Or if you, or if you want the extra of the ABV. Or if you just want it to last longer. If you're Because there is a little bit more complex flavor, I think, to this mm-hmm. than there is the, the 80, obviously, because of, you know the watering process. you know. But I think, mm, I mean, if you're not a huge connoisseur, I'd just spend the 70 and get the yeah. 12. If you're not a snob, yeah. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, it's I mean, definitely. I wouldn't turn either one down. This nose, though, I want to like. I want cologne. You know, I made I can get nose. the praline. Ooh. Yeah, you can definitely that, get the praline. Yes. That nose is fantastic. It is. So, if you're a connoisseur of it, I definitely mm. recommend this. This was a special gift for for John. So, John's we typically a, don't go a, a Scotch snob down such the rabbit hole for these, but this one's a good one. Mm-hmm. I'm not a Scotch snob, but I I have been turned on to Pete now, though. I know. I. I, I really enjoy it. I would have told you now. I never would have because it's so iodine and 
almost like band aids. Yeah, but it does. The initially thing is a band aids and iodine and. But it's definitely one of those that as you, you know, expose yourself to it over and over again, it's. I'm telling you, it's kind of like beer when you're young. You'll have to (laughs) play around with that. Try try an Ardbeg, try a Laphroaig. See all the different peat tastes from different parts of the mm-hmm. island. I could do that. Yeah, and I'm. I realize I probably spoiled myself starting off. Started with, off with sixteen year old lagavulin. <laughs> sixteen year old lagavulin, but some people like, don't like. Some people like because it's not quite as punchy as other things. But y'all been drinking that for Pete's sake stuff from, and uh, dude, it's total a, wine. That is a yeah, really high peat count in that. It's really and good. I like it. Total wine, and it is. I a chose to drink it yesterday. I will say this: after drinking, we drank probably close to a half bottle. And what I have noticed is that the mouthfeel on that not, is nothing like. It's not as rich. It's not like Camdu or yeah. Classic Laddie you can or. Tell but you know, I was saying. Like you can sit there and watch the legs. Oh, yeah, there's no yeah, legs on for days. Days. It's, but It's a real <clears throat> watery feel. You don't get the. But if you like Petey Scotch on a beer budget. It's yeah, a good alternative. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean that, it's that not bad stuff for twenty one bucks. Is you, dude, amazing. you can't beat that. Yeah, you it's not bad beat at that all. Price for that for that good of yeah. of a and flavored you, scotch. I wonder where they're, they're sourcing that from somewhere on Isla. Yeah, so. and I watched something about it, but I can't remember now. It's a, they've got that scotch, and they've got one other, and I don't remember what it was, but the but there's basically two that they have that they do, and this is one of them. So. Well, this is definitely one of them. Mm. <laughs> that's, that's good. That's, that's good really stuff. good. It's bottled by in Scotland by Angus Dundee Distillers. And that's you're talking about Pete's sake for Pete's sake. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, not the not Tamdu. Tamdu no. Okay, get him to the Dundees. <laughs> an office reference. So, dear, is it your turn to take us to the story hey, this let's week? Let's go. <laughs> I'm ready. So Mount Shasta. Mount Shasta. Okay, like I promised, we're going to Mount Shasta. Now, Mount Shasta is um, 14,000 feet above sea level. And it's one of the tallest in the United States, I believe. It is so tall that it has its own, um, it, has its, it creates its own weather because it's so tall. And... Located in Northern California, and it's actually a semi-active volcano. And the reason they call it semi-active... Does it growl? Its last eruption was in 1250. Now, I didn't realize we were keeping records back then and how they know that. I think they they use some science shit to figure that out. (laughs) I'm sure there's some science shit involved in figuring out that it erupted in 1250. But anyway. Some radiocarbon dating and whatnot. And there are tons of different um, Native American legends about this eruption. And and I could go into that and, and, and do a whole show just on that. Because there are several different ones, but I'm going to kind of gloss over that and move into some other stuff. But they talk about how these two different gods, one from the the earth and one from the sky, got in a fight and was chunking flaming rocks from the top of Mount Shasta. So in their legends, they talk about the, the last eruption. 
Now the they do talk about what is interesting to me and and on especially on our podcast. <coughs> Is the sky people, and they talk about the giants uh, that roam Mount Shasta, and the Native American tribe, the Modoc tribe. They have a name for it. It's Matakagmi, hmm. and Matakagmi is their name for Bigfoot. Huh. Now, here's what's going to really trip your trigger. The Tibetan word for Yeti is Metokongmi. Well, that makes sense. So there, because you've got a yeah, thousands land, of years ago the land bridge, the land thingy, bridge yep. coming from the same people. I mean, it's the same. Yeah. So the word has you, can you know, chase the DNA back across the land bridge. <clears throat> exactly. It's kind of like the way the the British mispronounce uh, aluminium. 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 Yeah. When we know it's aluminum. I say aluminium just because, because it's I funny. watch so many <laughs> British sitcom Britcoms and whatnot. Because it sounds cool. <laughs> makes me sound more educated. <laughs> aluminium. Yeah, aluminium. Okay, we digress. But anyway, I thought it was really interesting though that the word their word for yeti was nearly the, the same linguistic as, ties fascinating right it is so you have for the the modoc people you have matakagmi for the the tibetan word for yeti is metokangmi or kangmi so anyway they've been stories about bigfoot there at mount shasta since uh, the 1920s i believe it was 1924 was the first report of bigfoot at mount shasta did you know that? I didn't know that. Nope. I always, always think about the tape with the, the Gimlin film. Patterson Gimlin. Patterson Gimlin, yeah. I always think about that when I think about. But that wasn't. In, yeah, that I was going to say that wasn't until the the sixties yeah, when that came out. So. But there were stories coming out of Washington. Say there's there's uh, they, there's still oh, a place yeah, there's of, been, at the foot of Mount St. Helens called Ape Canyon. And that and story goes stories. back to the 1920s. Yeah, there's been stories that go way back. But the the first one mentioned at uh, Mount Shasta was in 1924. In 1930, a skeleton was found uh, at Mount Shasta. Now, I don't know what happened to it and and all that. But this skeleton... The government took it to hide the... I don't know, but... Part of the cover-up. In 1930, a skeleton was found that was over eight feet tall, and this was covered by all of the the newspapers in the region. And of course, it did, it wasn't on the internet back then, but it was in all the newspapers. They had pictures of it, and I'll make sure that I I show one for when we do the YouTube video. But in 1962, a hiker sees a Bigfoot giving birth. For real? Is, yeah, man. So he says. So he says. Come, nobody has that happen to him with this HD camera in their hand. This was in 1962, <clears throat> right? But they've given birth many times since then. Well, yeah, obviously, <laughs> right? <laughs> probably all the time. Yeah, and it appears probably throughout the fact all that, the states. Probably a population of around six thousand or so individuals at least. You think? I mean, I don't know. Just of Bigfoots. Yeah. Big feet. Big feet. Bigfoots. 
Bigfoot. Sasquatch. Sasquatch. <laughs> Sasquatch. Okay. 1976, a camper was laid in bed uh, on his in his tent. He wasn't like in a camper camper, but in his tent uh, in the park there. And he heard a park ranger roaming around outside his his tent. So he's like, you know. What's this ranger doing? You know, he assumed that it was a park ranger. Oh, he didn't see like the funny hat or no, no. But he so he looks outside his tent and it's not a park ranger. It's a bigfoot walking through his camp. So I mean, and there's just story after story after story. These were kind of unique because there was one like in a camp and one giving birth and giving you know. birth. That's a that's yeah. A that that is a, a miracle. Of, that is to, a to life. witness the miracle of birth, but. I was going to say, oh, the, the miracle of birth is a, a miracle regardless. Right, but then to, for a person to see a Bigfoot doing it. Or did they squat or did they lay back? Like, <laughs> Did he go into detail about I, the birth? You know, I don't know if they had the stirrups or anything, but the, he didn't say. Or they call it out, the, you know, it's crowning. <laughs> How dilated was she? <laughs> so, moving on. <laughs> Let's talk about the Lemurians. Have you ever heard of Lemurians? And they're not lemurs. Yeah. Yep. Nope. Lemurians. Okay. Yep. So this was another interpretation of what the giants might have been that roamed uh, the Mount Shasta area. And the Lemurians supposedly, according to legend, had prospered, prospered for thousands of years and, and had done very well and more advanced than, than we are now. And J.C. Brown claimed to have discovered the lost civilization in 1904 while he was working as a geologist for the Lord Cowdery Gold Mining Company. And as he's up there and looking for gold, and he finds this cave kind of entrance. Turned out it's a tunnel. This tunnel was 11 miles long, and he hiked the whole thing. And what I thought was really interesting was it's like 11 miles. Well, man, that's really, that's a long way. But Mount Shasta was a volcano, so you had these lava tubes, you mm-hmm. know, and lava pockets and things like in air pockets and things like that in there. So th- there's all these caves there and stuff like that. So he went down this lava tube, uh, defunct, of course. 11 miles and at the end of this hike he found machinery used for mining um he found weapons statues tablets and something that appeared to look like hieroglyphics beyond that in the final room he called it a worship room that held statues that glowed in the dark Hmm. so i don't know what they were but they glowed in the dark Hmm. and in this worship room there were, uh, he said, 27 giant skeletons, and they were displayed around the room, and they ranged in height from 7 feet to over 10 feet tall. When was this? This was in 1904. Okay. So Brown, not knowing what to do about this, he closed it up and hid it, well, he became obsessed with this book, and this book was by James Churchward, and it was called The Lost Continent of Mew, and it is the stories about Lemuria and Atlantis, or the Atlanteans. 
and they got into a battle. And this was a, a book published in 1899 by Fred, Frederick Spencer Oliver. It was called A Dweller on Two Planets. And it tells about what was written in these ancient Hindu tablets. And he tells the story of the battle between the Atlanteans and the Lemurians. And basically, the Atlanteans wanted to rule. Lemurians said, no, we want to take care of ourselves. Atlanteans wanted to have complete control. They got to a battle, and the battle was so devastating that it destroyed both of their, basically, continents, small continents. And the Atlanteans ended up in this place called Argarth, Agarth, and the Lemurians ended up underneath a mountain. So, James um, J.C. Brown thinks he has discovered where the Lemurians went to. <coughs> Excuse me. So, anyway, moving on. So nobody ever went back to go see if this is true. Wait. So I see something about this. I don't know if Lemurians? you know about this. No, about okay. uh, J.C. Brown. Okay. So he told his story 30 years later to John C. Root, who proceeded to gather an ex- exploration team in Stockton. Right? About 80 people joined the team, but on the day the team was to set out for Mount Shasta, Brown did not show up. Brown was never heard from again. Dude, they searched everywhere really? for him. Yeah. So he just so, vanished off the face of so the earth after they pulled they so for put 30, together the team. So for 30 years, this guy has held on to this information. Now, he doesn't remember exactly where it is, so he gets all these group of researchers, scientists, explorers, um, and they're going to go find this, right? So the day of, like John was saying, the day of, they're going to go, and Brown doesn't show up. And they said, well, he was just a fraud and a shyster and all that. So to what end? But never heard from him again. Yeah, he never, he ever, vanished ever. vanished off the face yeah, of the vanished earth. off the face of the earth. Probably not the first person to vanish off the face of the earth from Mount Shasta, from what I've heard. But. <laughs> so, what gets me, though, is... So, did he stumble guy. across some secret, then, is what people are thinking? There's a couple of conspiracy <clears throat> theories. So, this would have been 1944 when he disappeared, right? Yeah. So, or, no, 34. no, 1934. 34. There are people that say he was taken off in a machine. As in a UFO? Yes. Okay. There are other people that think that a some group, powerful group, shut him up. The government and disappeared him. The, the the deep state was around. Yeah, I, oh, oh, he just got another <laughs> citation from Wikipedia. Uh, I'm sure. I <laughs> right. So maybe but some anyway. Indian people, huh? Like one of the Native Americans. Oh, there's another one. Maybe the, maybe the Lemurians came and got him uh-huh. and took him with him. Well, you know, there's the, it's funny, this giant stuff, because they found, the, you know, a lot of West Coast Native American tribes have tales of red-headed giants, you know, cannibalistic red-headed giants and all kinds of... And there's... And... Uh, there was the one, the cave, it was in Arizona or New Mexico, I forget, one of those two. I'll have to look it up later, but... You know about the cave where they found the... Bones? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think, I, I want to say New Mexico. New Mexico, I think, yeah. And then uh, the Kandahar giant was a red-headed giant. Right. Allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> right. So anyway, here's my thing. If J.C. Brown 
had done this for money. If he just scammed people out of money and but he got some money from it. Yeah. I could see him doing this, you know, and hey, I need X amount of dollars so I can go and, and dig all this gold up, right? You know, or, or find this place again. That'd be one thing, but he never did that. He never tried to get any kind of remuneration, no cash for it, no nothing like that. He should have drawn the map before. Yeah, when, when he found it. I, I don't know. At least giving a map to this uh, John C. Root fella. So there's a guy out there now who says he has found this again. And really? the problem is that the opening is on somebody's private property. And on the mountain. Yeah. <clears throat> and he private has, property on the mountain? Yeah. And he hasn't released it. So the um hmm. That's odd. Why is there, is there I would have thought this would be like a national park or something. There wouldn't be any private property on this mountain. Why? I mean, there's all kinds of properties, private properties on mountains. Hmm. There is? Yeah. Well, I mean, but on big... How many mountains have you been on their private property? When we went to... Um, I haven't been on a lot of mountains. I haven't been so. on we went to Oregon, and you were snowball fighting with Adlin. Mount Hood. Yeah. And there's a private hotel right there. Oh. But, you I know, mean, but if I thought that I had the entrance to J.C. Brown's cave and stuff over... I mean... I would allow certain people in to explore that. I wouldn't uh-huh. keep that hidden. Maybe he's paid off by this group. Maybe, maybe the yeah. It. Maybe it's somebody else hiding it. I don't know. I'm just saying. So anyway, there's all kinds of these stories. Um, David Politis, uh, missing four one one, missing four one one. Missing 411 I mean, the guy's got, I don't know how many out there, but. He has made a post-police career out of missing people. People I know, and it's crazy. All the missing. So I I picked a few crazy ones that are really wild about Mount Shasta. And the first one. (laughs) We love you, Dave. (laughs) Features a robot grandmother. Huh? Yeah, okay. So anyway. Um. I forget the date on this, and I don't think I put it down. But uh, so anyway, there was a family, and they were on a camping trip on Mount Shasta, a family of four. And one evening, while the three and a half year old toddler and his sister were sitting by the fire, the sister looked away for just a second. When she looked back, when she looked back, her brother was gone. And I mean, just boop, vanished. Right? Okay. The family immediately uh, started searching for him. Uh, they enlisted the help of nearby campers. They got the the park rangers involved, the forest rangers. Um, they combed the area tirelessly uh, from the late afternoon to early morning until the dogs eventually found the boy hidden in a bush along a trail that they had already been down searching. So they'd already searched this trail, all down this trail. And then heat coming off that. that really, I mean, <laughs> good lord, I'm getting cooked over here. Okay. It's like sitting in front of a fireplace. They'd already been down the trail, and then when they went down again, the boy's there hiding under a bush. Anyway, mm-hmm. that would have been awesome. So let's say the sister looked away longer than she thought she did. The boy wandered off into the woods and then sat underneath a bush by a trail. Except that a few months later. While the boy uh, was staying with his grandmother, 
he made a curious comment. He claimed to dislike the other Cappy, referring to the grandmother whose name was Kathy. When questioned about it, he mentioned at the time he was lost in the mountain, and he recounted how the other Cappy, who appeared robotic and shimmering in the light, had taken him to a cave filled with spiders, guns, and purses. Okay. That is an odd assortment of shit to find out. <laughs> Do what? In a cave? Spiders, guns, and purses. Now, this we have to remember, though, this three-and-a-half-year-old kid. So, what he may be describing... As spiders, guns, and purses. As spiders, guns, and purses. If to a three-year-old, that tripod sitting there might look like a spider. So maybe it was something sitting on tripods. Guns and purses are just guns and purses. Maybe that's left over from people who have disappeared. Disappeared hunters, (laughs) right? Hunters that have uh, disappeared on shoppers with their handbags. Women, whatever. Um, Anyway, so he's taken to this cave, and he said not only was Cappy there, but these other robots that were lined up motionless against the wall. Which makes me think about J.C. Brown when he talks about the giant skeletons skeletons lined up against the wall and the statues that were against the wall that were between 7 and 10 feet tall. So anyway, the... um, This was when? You know, I don't have the date on it. I'm sorry. I'll I'll put it up along the bottom or something. Okay. I was just curious the difference in time. Yeah, I, I don't remember the date. I apologize. Um, so, uh, 2021, there you go. So if we were to assume the story's authenticity, it'd be highly improbable for, for a fully functional robot to exist on Mount Shasta. Why? I mean, they're not, they're just not there yet. I mean, even, you know, of yeah, but even, uh, Boston, is it Boston Dynamics? The people that are building all the military robots. Yeah, the death bots. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, this is the stuff they let the public see. Right, but anyway, so it's highly unlikely, though, still. I mean, and according to the robot, or according to the boy, the robotic Cappy informed them that he originated from outer space and had been implanted using the word tummy in his mother's stomach. Like alien... DNA implantation stuff. Okay. Interesting. And the robot allegedly requested a stool sample and extended a sticky piece of paper for collection. (laughs) Evidently, this young man was a shy pooper and did not supply a stool sample. Uh, or at least he didn't admit to it. This is still it. the three-year-old boy. Right. I'll tell you what, if I saw all this stuff, they wouldn't have to ask me for the stool sample. <laughs> <coughs> Even Great. at the age of three, John? Definitely okay, so the robot led the boy back to, down the mountain um, and instructed him to hide under the bush until he was found. So the boy's grandmother shared this story with his father. He confirmed hearing the same account but dismissed it as mere imagination. However, the grandmother had her own strange encounter on Mount Shasta a year earlier. While camping with a friend, they observed red eyes peering at them from the wilderness. The eyes vanished whenever they shone their flashlight upon them, and throughout the night, 
the eyes reappeared in different positions around the campsite. So that's not eye shine. That's not a Bigfoot. Not red. Not red. Well, but the, yeah, it should be green on the shine, but it, you would only get eye shine if you're shining your flashlight in that way. If there's no light and it's being red. reflected from the eyes, then that's being generated from the eyes. Being in, yeah, internally. Internally. Yeah. So anyway, um, the following morning, both the grandmother and her friend woke up on the ground outside their tent and camper. They discovered they were her neck was hurting, she said. She reached back there, and it felt like uh, she thought she had been bitten by a spider. <coughs> Wait a minute. Spiders, guns, and purses. Right. So they discovered two small puncture marks resembling spider bites on the back of their necks and experienced severe sickness akin to hangovers despite not consuming any alcohol. So they weren't doing booze, booze, and booze. They did not have This could not be Tamdu said for me at this they moment. Did, yeah, they did not have Tamdu. Speaking of which, just a little... So the grandmother's that. previous encounter combined with the boys' account raised concerns. It led to speculation about the existence of a mad scientist, witch doctor, or similar entity on Mount Shasta. The witch doctor. The witch doctor. But anyway, so that's one of the crazier stories. Um, so and then there's carl landers and you know that one right yeah okay so carl landers um this old fellow had been hiking forever and if i remember correctly carl had hiked every mountain in california in california that's a lot of peaks you know but he hiked and this dude is like uh in his 60s i guess yeah and so he had hiked every mountain there. Mount Shasta was the last one that he was going to hike. He's actually 70. 70. Okay, dis- I apologize. He when was he 69. Okay. So. <laughs> How old was he? Yeah. So he was Sorry. in his 60s, right? Yep. <laughs> he's still listed as a missing person. Yeah. He yeah. Never, they never found him. But anyway, he's, he's going up the mountain with, I think, four of his buddies or three of his buddies. Three. Three. I think it's a party of four. Yeah. So they start up the mountain, and Carl had gotten uh, had gotten uh, uh, altitude oh, sickness. Yeah. And so, uh, when they stopped at Camp Four, and so he stops there, and but the next morning he hops up bright and early. He's ready to go, and he's much more adept at hiking than his friend. So he said, "Well, I'm gonna just take off. You know, I'm good to go. You guys catch up to me as you can." They're down by the lake or whatever the little... Yeah. Um, so he takes off. Lake Helen. Lake Helen, thank yeah. you. And he takes off and the... Um, and then he's not there. He's just, just gone. Gone. When they get to five... And I mean, it's not like it he's wandering off. It's a, it's a white field and you can yeah. see the footprints. Yeah, it's just a trail. And they just stop. Yeah. He's gone. He's gone. Like the earth swallowed him up whole. Or something swooped down and grabbed him. Or he walked through the portal. Or he walked through a portal or... Vortex is what I hear the term uh, used up there. Whatever it was, something happened to him. Because, I mean, and they came out and they searched. They brought out helicopters with um, with infrared. Uh, they brought out... Um, the National Guard was out there. 
U.S. Forest Service, uh, Rangers, volunteers. I mean, literally hundreds of people looking for him. No sign, nothing, not clothes, not tattered garments from where a bear had ripped him apart. I mean, nothing. The guy literally fell off the face of the earth. I don't think. I mean, he, it was snow at the time. Right. So you wouldn't have had a bear. It would be uh, grizzlies and black bears, and they would not be up there at that time of year. Yeah, not normally in, in snow. <clears throat> no. I mean, they do come out sometimes, but it's not, it is abnormal. <clears throat> yeah. But, and there was no way somebody could have come in and s- snatched him. Or, you know, kidnapped him. There'd be footprints in the snow. And there was one guy that said he saw an old man that was walking, but he couldn't confirm if it was Carl or not. Which, And that's just, that's crazy to me. That, that might have been the Count of St. Germain. A man, I don't know what it was, Carl. but I mean, it's crazy about all the different disappearances there. So then we move over to Maurice Doc Demetz. Yeah, sorry, Maurice. I have to do a little Steve Miller thing in there. I know you hate that song. <laughs> oh, I do hate that Call song. Call me Maurice. Um, <laughs> so this was an elderly man living in Colorado who had dedicated his life to being a minister, uh, held a Ph.D. in theology, and he loved to climb mountains. But he had run into some health problems and had arthritis really bad. So he had a friend that would go along with him and help him when he would climb and and go up in the mountains. Well, he liked to go and hunt for precious rocks. So Topaz was the trip that they were going on this time. And his friend walks up there with him and gets him set up. And he's he's hunting for Topaz, digging. The friend goes over and he he's in another spot about 50 yards away, which is not that far. And he comes to get him later on. And Doc is gone. And this is after, you know, he'd been checking on him periodically uh, throughout the day. Guy was gone. And additionally, Doc's backpack containing his digging tools were also missing. Um, No signs of blood or any evidence of an animal attack. So David, his friend, made his way back to the car and he started honking for help, shouting, um... Finally, the authorities are notified that this guy has gone missing. There was a an extensive search with bloodhounds and literally hundreds, again, volunteers. No trace of Doc was ever found. And this guy literally was on a, you know, flat surface up the side of the mountain. But, you know, it wasn't horrible terrain. And 50 yards away. I mean, that's you can easily see someone from that far it's away. 150 feet. Yeah. It's half a football field. Yeah. Anyway, he disappears, never found again. <coughs> His uh, disappearance remains a mystery to this day. And who is that? This is Doc Demetz. Doc. He's hanging out with Carl in the Lemurian cave. Maurice Doc the Demetz. <coughs> the skeletons. With the spiders and guns and purses. Purses. <laughs> So, um, so people are just disappearing, which I mean, that's not uncommon for a mountain, right? Well, it, it is, except that, like Doc and like Carl, Carl, Carl's case, I know, like he was a couple hundred feet away from. I mean, there's no way. I mean, this is a white field, flat 
field of snow. Right. And I've heard multiple accounts of the first story the where that little boy disappeared. Mm-hmm. And his dad was out there. And his dad literally... Uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm mixing these stories up. There's another one. The dad... There's two boys, and they're playing, right? So he calls the boys in. It's time On to, the mountain, they're playing. They're on Mount Shasta. He calls the boys in. He says, hey, y'all come in. To the campsite. To the campsite. Let's get by, you know... Let's get here. It's getting it's getting later. I want you in close. The little boy is literally behind the tree like this, looking at dad. You know, peeking at him. So the dad gets up because he called him and he didn't he didn't come over there. Dad gets up and walks to the tree. I mean, literally, he said it was like twenty feet away. He walks to the tree, looks around the tree, and the boy's not there. There's a bunch of crazy he stuff just, like that. In a, he literally just disappeared. Did he come back? No. He's still missing. He's still missing. Unlike purses, spiders, and guns. Yeah, that one came back. Okay, yeah. now, in 1958, there was Bos- Bobby Bizzup. 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 And this was one of the the one that got a lot of attention. This is, uh, it was 1958. And it was a 10-year-old boy living in Colorado, and he was nearly completely deaf and relied on hearing aids. So Bobby came to a devoutly came from a devoutly Catholic family, and that summer the family decided to send him away, send him away, I can't talk, to a Catholic camp for boys located at St. Mallow Church inside the Rocky Mountain National Park. That 115 proof's getting to you, isn't it? Hmm? 115 proof's getting to you. Y'all giving me all this crap. I know what you're talking about, this particular story. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I've, I've, I remember this one from Pilatus. Yeah, and this is this is not uh, Shasta, but it's a, in I, the I same know, vein. I know, yeah, I know this one. Uh, the camp counselors were looking. Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember this one. And so, hand me your glass, and oh, I'll thanks. make your words uh, slur even more. <laughs> okay, so the camp was situated at the base of the mountain, so the boys could always see the camp and a stream that led back to it. The stream served as a reference point in case any of the boys got lost. Okay, sorry. So, on August 15th, around 6 p.m., this is 1958, Bobby was fishing along the river a little ways up from the camp, and a camp counselor came uh, up to the boys to call them for dinner. He saw Bobby's acknowledgement, and he said, Hey! You know, come on back. It's time. It's time for dinner. Bobby said, "Okay, I'm coming." The counselor walked down to the camp. He turned back to check on Bobby, and he was nowhere to be found. Coming straight down the river, this river that led led out of the mountains down to the camp. Bobby disappeared in that in that distance, and you could see the camp from where he was fishing. So the counselor, uh, counselor went back. He's gone. A search was immediately initiated involving over 300 people, including military personnel. But despite the extensive efforts, no trace of Bobby was found. 
They did find him later, though, did they? At that time. Right. Okay. I knew he was found. Ten days later, the search was called off due to lack of any leads. However, some of the camp counselors continued searching the area during their free time. It was a year later when three counselors decided to explore a difficult-to-access area that had been previously searched. Five kilometers west of the camp. What's that in American? About three miles? About three miles. <laughs> and nearly 800 yards up a steep incline. They discovered Bobby's hearing aid, fragments of his clothing, and some of his bones. The rest of his manes were never found, leaving a mystery surrounding his disappearance. This kid... This kid was 300 yards or less away from the camp, could look down the side of the mountain and see it. So it's hard for me to believe that he got lost. I just don't get that. Do you think he was just snatched? I think something, whatever is snatching people, snatched him. That's what I think. Uh, A lot of people think that... And they never found him again, right? This, a lot of people think these are Bigfoot. A year related. later. Oh. Uh, <coughs> Dead? Well, they found bones. They found bones. I'm sorry. They I found bones. That. Okay, you know that other, that, there's that other boy that disappeared, uh, and uh, they think maybe a cougar took him. Maybe. But some of these are possibly blamed on bad Bigfoots. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially the hunter ones, like. Well, the I mean, Sasquatch got to eat too. So, you know, some of the accounts that I've been reading and and listening to, there was one where this there were three kids. One of them was snatched out of a tent. Oh, mm. okay. Mm. Check that this out. Requires opposable thumbs, so you know what did that. Snatched out of a tent. It reached in and grabbed the kid up underneath their arm and ran off. Okay? And the kids described seeing a bear. Mm-mm. Bears can't do that. So, well, no, they can't. And that's my point. But, but this thing... But to a kid, little kid... Adrenaline's pumping. They're scared to death. Something just grabbed Bubba and ran off with him. And just a little up underneath your arm and gone. That, that Bigfoot's raising him. That was a Bigfoot. That, that Bigfoot's raising him as their own. Is that what it is? Probably. Uh, they probably ate him. I don't know. I, I don't know if they would. I mean, just like humans, they're bad. And they're good. And they're good. That's right. And they're indifferent. And I don't think that the indifferent or the good would snatch a child up, take it away, and eat it unless it was starving. I Not I don't the think. The big well, another thing, I don't think that morality <coughs> plays into that either, where it would with maybe a a human. But there are people, adults, who have stories of being picked up, carried, taken, and then let go later. You know. Yeah, being well, cared the, for by Bigfoots. I remember one of the first things that I read about Bigfoot was a. It was a French trader, a fur trader, and was kidnapped by a Bigfoot. That his that mm-hmm. was his story. The guy's hair turned white overnight. 
I mean, when, or well, when but he, it didn't hurt him when he came back. No, because out of fear, out that's of what fear. they're thinking. Out of fear, and he was Probably in an encampment. <laughs> you know, he was in an encampment, and there was a whole family of these right. Bigfoot. And this was this was pre um, pre Revolutionary War, if I believe, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and the French fur traders in the far west that would have been. Long time ago, seventeen thirties, seventeen forties. Yeah, east. So, not west, but east. Yeah. Well, they were out west too. He was in the east. The story uh, that I was reading. Um, I mean, I guess if you're there, Bigfoot's got you around. You know, with the family group, you might as well just hang out and learn about their culture and stuff. They didn't hurt him. You might as well absorb as much as you can. He jumped in the water. Uh remember correctly he jumped in the water swam and then he was picked up by other guys going down i believe i want to say it was the erie that's uh, a canal that's a right man, that's a man-made body of water that was made after long after the revolution and then Wars, maybe right? maybe one of the other the hudson tributaries river or possibly or whatever. would be a good option but, the hudson river there was a lot of trapping along that but he yeah this guy was so but i mean it's an odd place to see a bigfoot though it's not somewhere there's not a lot of eastern so there's some in vermont some in maine like in in the upper parts of maine which is almost canada mm-hmm. and uh Here's but you a, don't hear a lot of east coast northeast coast bigfoot stories maybe it's, they're sneakier there well you know the trail cam footage of the ones <laughs> picking up the apples uh-huh. that's quite clearly not a bear right uh that came from vermont but Vermont is also Vermont and the upper part of Maine are very woodsy, right? Whereas most of the East Coast is pretty. Well, you have the populated. But you have like the Pine Barrens. Oh yeah, the well they got. I the, mean, so will the Jersey Devil allow Bigfoot to hang out in its territory? Yeah, I, you know, maybe he rents. <laughs> maybe he summers there. I don't know. And there's the Jersey Shore. Will the situation allow Bigfoot? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. To party at T-shirt time, party on the at Jersey T-shirt Shore. time. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it just—it's all these different things are happening on Shasta, and there's, and especially recently, there's been more and more um, video footage captured at Shasta of flying saucers. There are, uh, there's video footage where the saucer flies into the side of the mountain. Well, you know, Politis took helicopters up there and they found what looks like there's a, a black cliff face that looks sort of like almost like a door. I have to rewatch that. But there, there's like an entire hour that he did on uh, just about the Carl Anders disappearance. Oh, really? And he actually took helicopters up there and filmed all that side of the mountain and everything. And I, I wouldn't go up there. I don't want to disappear. I'm not scared of the Bigfoots. I'm scared of the portal or whatever the hell makes people just what are you, vanish. I mean, but there's, I mean, and this has gone on and on and on and on for decades now <clears throat> that people just disappear up there. Um, you have Bigfoot. You have the flying saucers, UFOs, UAPs, whatever you want to call them. Um, these portal anomalies. I think people are walking through a vortex or a portal of some sort. They're going into a different dimension. They can't find their way back. 
this is like are you talking like poltergeist no well i mean i guess that's weird but i'm thinking well, you know in like, poltergeist where she i think that she part- walked through the wall and right but i think there's a portal or some sort of vortex that leads to these caves and this underground system under shasta where the where the ufos come from and stuff but if a person wanders into one of those through one of those portals they, they don't know how to open that shit back up. They don't know where to, you know, they're just lost. And they probably die in some cave somewhere down maybe there. The, maybe the door's not there on the other side. Right. It's not there on the you other know, side. It's it like, could be. You, I mean, you could have a shift, you know. Yeah, maybe you can see the door here and you walk through. You go, and you go in oh, here, you end up on the other side of a mountain in a cave somewhere. And you don't know how to get out. And you starve to death and die. That's the Cave sloth there. starve to death and die. Cave sloth is sits there to eat you. While you're over there, I don't know I, if it goes through time to where there would actually be caves lost, but I mean, you could get into some really weird conversations about that because, I mean, the whole portal thing. And if someone taken like trifill meters just to measure the EMF, I bet that place that thing makes EMF go crazy. I don't know. I don't know. I hadn't read anything about that, but kind of like it's kind of a Skinwalker Ranch type area. Well, yeah, it is absolutely uh, an because area of high strangeness. Because all kinds of stuff happens there. Yeah, there was something about how Carl. There was a report that Carl Landers like fell. There's like, nowhere to fall where he disappeared. From. I know, yeah, there's right. nowhere to fall. But I'm like, if you didn't know where he went, then how do you know he fell? Like, how do you know he somebody where Carl Landers disappeared? It'd be it'd be easier for you to disappear on our street, walking to the end of our subdivision. Yeah, because there's a curb down here. There's no curb. It's a big, giant, it's a, white field of snow. Yeah, it's a giant, white Yeah, some guy said that field. earlier in the day, yards. he had said he didn't feel well. So they said, well, you go ahead and get started. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, I'm going back down to the base. I wouldn't be up there in the first day, place. Well, yeah, no. This is some dumb white He said he was trying mountains. to hike mm-hmm. the highest points in every county in... California. He had he had hiked all the mountain peaks in California except for Shasta. Yeah, because he was hike, hiking the highest ones. Shasta was the last one, and he didn't. Well, maybe he did. Who knows? Maybe, maybe he, he did make it. Maybe that portal came out on the summit. Then there was like when the, like kind of like the it opens up to another side, and you never know where that thing's going to open up at. And maybe it opened up a hundred feet above the summit, and he just splat. Who knows? And you know. Uh, I think of Jonathan Livingston Seagull. You know, maybe he, maybe Man, once he, maybe, sweet Neil Diamond reference. There. Yeah, maybe wow. once he. Uh, what is happening? Oh shit! It's midnight. Maybe once he. Sorry, G Shock. Just once he passed through, you know, it was like, or once he had made all the accomplishments he was going to make, he was just, you know, moved on into the next level of existence. You know, maybe he didn't have to die because he. I like he to mounted think every that mountain. he is somewhere in another dimension, another reality. Maybe he's stuck. Maybe he's trying. His wife's still alive. His wife misses him, but oh, really? Maybe who knows? Maybe she was an adder or whatever, and he's happy to be there. And he, maybe he saw such wondrous things that he never thought to come back. But I don't think he just. Walked into something and died. Mm-mm. No. no, I don't either. This place is. This dude is something's a, off there. He's an extremely experienced climber. You know, mm-hmm. this didn't. 
you know, this wasn't this wasn't like you or I or Alyssa going up on the mountain. And we'd, we'd be screwed. Oh, we'd totally screwed. I'd never make it that high. I'd fall off the side of it. I'd be gasping for air. All right. I know up. I would. Mm-mm. This guy was a legit climber, and he just he disappears. So so would you, would you go up there? Would you even go halfway up? Would you go? I wouldn't go there, honestly. I wouldn't either. Something really uncomfortable about that place I, for me. It gives me the willies. It's kind of like. Kind of like the Alaskan Triangle. It's like the Bermuda Triangle. Well, you'd go it's the like South Triangle. Dallas. Probably have actually, like South Dallas. <laughs> I wouldn't go there either. <laughs> North Tyler or South Oak Dallas. Cliff. Yeah, North Tyler, South Dallas. Yeah, no. Oak Cliff, no. So if anybody's listening from those places, I, I apologize. It's a joke. But no, it's not. I wouldn't go to South Dallas. <laughs> well, not on purpose. Duncanville? Uh, passing passing through, Extreme. passing through. <laughs> yeah, I could I could do it passing through. I wouldn't want to like hang um, out there. So that's a no on a Shasta. I, I yeah no. I don't. There's something that gives me the willies about the place, and it has. And I think it's something. Uh, it's not Bigfoot or. There's you don't some, think it's a Bigfoot? You no, think it's? Well, more I mean, of a I'm sure portal. that there are, but I think there's something under that mountain. And it's something beyond something our taking understanding. People. You know, and it's sort of like, like I said, like a Skinwalker Ranch type place. There's certain things that I just won't do. Um, tug on Superman's cape, you know, spit in the wind, go to Mount Shasta, <laughs> you know. I go in the play with Hoya the Ouija Forest before I go in Mount on Mount. Shasta. I would go to Hoya Bachu, yeah, but yeah. I wouldn't go to Shasta. No, I just wouldn't. Mm-mm, no, no, I, I, I really wouldn't. I. I think, well, but for me, the difference is like the forest versus the mountain. I am not a snow-covered mountain climber Mm-mm. with no, crevasses and such. That's just asking to get disappeared. So something I or lose say. a limb. That's like, that's like yeah. walking through. I'm not trying to do that. How do you keep from freezing to death on the top of Mount Everest? I don't know. I'm not a you hiker. Don't well, fucking you, go there. I know. Yeah, I know. I'm yeah, not a hiker. Exactly. How do you keep from being instantaneously crushed in a massive decompression of, of a, a sub looking at the Titanic? Ah, eh, too soon. You don't go. Uh, too soon. Yeah, too you soon. You don't go. Too soon. It's kind of like why I, do, I will never be eaten by a shark. You don't go swimming. You know, I, I'm not going swimming out oh, there. You with go water. in salt water though. And but you know what? To my knees. I don't go at dusk or dawn when they hunt. Because I know when sharks hunt. Right. All right. So I'm gonna hunt me for me some damn dude. Definitely <laughs> if you if you enjoy scotch and you enjoy uh, a very deep I mean it's that is complex. It is it's, it's an amazing nose. Yeah. I love it's really good. That. Okay. Definitely hunt for that. Yeah, I will go find me some tam dude. You do not have to go all the way to the top of Mount Shasta to find it. <laughs> no. You do not, uh, but All I will right. not go to. I will not go to Mount Shasta. Alyssa, will you hunt for Tamdu? I'll hunt for Tamdu. I'm not hunting for the portals or guns, spiders, and purses. Well, I love I, purses, I but I ain't going. Okay, so spiders, guns, and money. So this cave up there, filled with purses. Would you? Would you go? No, purses full of gold. Okay, well maybe. Okay, how about this? Purses on sale. Wait, see, wait. I love sales. Ah, I do yeah. love sales. What if you had J.C. Brown's only map? Would I go? No, I'd sell the map. Oh, that's smart. I would sell the map. That's safe thinking. 
Yep. Safe thinking. <laughs> All right, y'all have a good night. Don't go to Mount Chasta, but do go after Slot the Bye bye.